0: line podcast hey what's going on this is the bottom line podcast presented by anchor.fm your home for sports and entertainment talk i'm jimmy finizzi alongside neil piano we hope you're doing well as always thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen We truly appreciate it. You already know what it is. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at BottomlineWMCX and on Twitter at TheNVPShow and also on Instagram at NVPQB11, hashtag Bottomline. And as always, if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, don't forget to drop a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all the audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, first and foremost, you know I got to ask, how's everything with you, man?
1: I'm tired.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> usually we do these episodes about a half hour, 45 minutes after I wake up. So I'm not usually 100 percent awake at the moment, but I- I'm doing OK, doing OK. Uh, it's the first day of the off season, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, um, for the New Jersey Devils, uh, for Devil State of Mind. Um, we're going to be going, I think. Probably within the next week, we're going to be going from doing two episodes a week to probably just one, considering that we are going to not have as much to talk about as some of the other teams who are going to be in the playoffs, um, you know, have to talk about. So obviously it's a a, a sad time, but it is what it is. Uh, I also just posted last night a uh, giveaway that I'm doing throughout the week. Yes. Um, A fan appreciation, you know, thank you giveaway. It's the first one I've ever done. The first, you know, Devils related one that I've ever done. I've done some others with the hockey pod network, but this one is strictly for devil state of mind. Uh, and if you go to our Twitter at devil state, uh, you will see it on my pin tweet on top of the page and just follow the directions and you will be entered. And the contest ends uh, this upcoming Sunday at 11 59 PM. I will announce the winner on probably Monday, afternoon, early evening, uh depending on how everything goes. But so you, I'm doing so you, so you
0: have until May 16th to enter this contest. correct. You have okay. until
1: May 16th to enter. Okay. You have until May 16th to enter. And it's gonna be a random draw. Um you know whoever wins it wins it. Uh hopefully it's a devil's fan because I know that I know that not it's not all Devils fans that will probably enter into it. I'm sure that there will be a lot of hockey fans in general. I mean, not, right. I mean, let's face it. Everybody wants to win something of memorabilia. I get it. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's a fun thing for me to do. Uh, get me some more followers, obviously. So it's a good marketing uh, tool. But in all seriousness, <laughs> it really is just a uh, a thank you to everybody. As, as now, my first you know full season uh, doing Devil State of Mind is over. Um, and, uh, actually June 1st, will make it exactly one year since I started doing devil state of mind. And, you know, I'm looking forward to content that I'm going to be putting out during the off season and, uh, you know, a lot of other things moving forward, but, uh, I'm doing okay. Um, don't really want to talk about the season, but I have no choice. Um, it'll be a, this'll be a uh, prep for when I talk about it on Thursday's episode to kind of recap uh the season as a whole but uh yeah. i'm doing well jimmy how, how are you doing today
0: <laughs> nah i've i've uh i've got uh no complaints in uh personal life stuff but
1: uh but you got compla- yeah we'll
0: get into that when the time comes so this so oh boy sure. i've been uh i've been holding this in way too long man i've been dying to do an episode on this i can finally say what i have to say but we'll get to that a little later by the way since we're on the topic of the Devils first, um, and speaking of your podcast, by the way, go subscribe to Devils State of Mind if you have not done so already, and go check out all the other podcasts on Hockey Podcast Network, too. I understand that um, you mentioned to me last night off the air that there was a little bit of uh, history making <laughs> with your uh, Twitter account.
1: Do you really – you really are going to bring this up? Like, it's <laughs> – like, honestly, you just want to – I mean, tweet- it's, your-
0: it's pretty significant.
1: What. Well, no <sighs> – I mean, you're tooting your own horn and it's social media, but uh, all right, I guess I'll play along. Uh, I did mention to Jimmy last night when I was going through, um, you know, my followers and I gained a lot you know, since the contest started. Uh, that Jimmy actually his his personal Twitter account became the 600th follower on Twitter. Uh, For the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And as I mentioned to him on text last night, he does not win anything because he's a Rangers fan and he doesn't get any, he doesn't deserve anything.
0: No, unfortunately, I'm excluded from anything. And
1: what's disappointing is that it took him this long to follow Devil's State of Mind on his personal Twitter. It took him this long. So (laughs) I'm kind of hurt by that, but we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. But uh, yeah, for some reason, Jimmy wanted to toot his own horn this morning. So I'll, I'll play. I played along, and uh yeah, he doesn't win anything now.
0: <laughs> Nor do I deserve to win anything. But I digress. What? But no. maybe,
1: maybe if you create another Twitter account and you become the one thousand follower, then maybe we'll, you know, then maybe <laughs> we'll do something for you. But but you don't get anything for being six hundredth, or the fact that you're a Rangers fan. You don't get anything.
0: Well then, well oh well. I guess I'll just live with it. That's life. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's, yeah, it it's, it's amazing. No, but in all seriousness, I wanted to congratulate you on getting over 600 followers. It's amazing how far your podcast has has come. I really do enjoy listening to it. And I'm a Ranger fan listening to it, but I really do enjoy listening to what you Thank have you. to say about your team. It really does put some yeah. uh, perspective because you know way more about the Devils than I do, obviously. So it gives me a little bit of perspective <laughs> as to learn more about the team so I actually can know what I'm talking about. So. I thank you yeah. for that, and I congratulate you on getting six hundred plus followers, man. It's it's well deserved.
1: Well, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate it. It's like you said, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy for me how it's again. It's been less than a year, and the amount of support that I've gotten from not just family and friends, but a lot of Devils fans. I've inter- I interact with so many people on a day to day basis uh, with this team. Um, people love it. You know, I know that not every, you know, podcast, um, not, not talking about the hockey podcast network, but when it comes to people and, and, and accounts, not every account is super active with its fans. You know, they do show mm. content and everything, but right. my main goal is, it has always been that when people want to interact with me, I want to interact with them. I want to talk with them, especially if they want to talk about the team, they want to talk about things. Um, And, you know, I've really just learned that you got to be consistent with this stuff. You know, one of the great things is that we have a formula for success at the Hockey Pod Network, two episodes a week, Mondays and Thursdays. And even in the offseason, it's, you know, an episode a week, which is good. You know, we're we're staying busy. We're constantly being in the face of hockey fans 24-7, 365. And our ultimate goal at the end of the day is to be the main network for hockey podcasts in the world. And right, I feel like right. that with the, with the talent that we've been able to bring in, especially since I got there, you know, we're getting there and we got good promotions. I mean, we're sponsored by DraftKings, which is mm. phenomenal. By the way, use promo code THPN when you do bet. Um, helps out tremendously with us. It also helps yes. out you guys with whatever you feel like betting. Um, I wouldn't bet on the devils. Uh, luckily you don't have to do that till October. So, you know, just keep in mind with that. But use promo code THPN. Um, you know, we got some we and we got some really exciting content coming coming our way um soon. And for me personally, you know, being the person that um basically just does everything on on my own. You know, I don't have right. a co-host, I don't have somebody who's in charge of social media. I do it all. I do. I record, I edit, I share the podcasts, episodes, I book guests, um, I make promotions on social media, I interact with people on social media. Mm. Um, it's actually quite difficult to be the only to, to do it on your own. Um, so like when I do bottom line, what's great is that, you know, <laughs> I don't have to do much work. I just show up <laughs> and uh, I just talk. And that's uh it's all me,
0: man. It's all it's me fresh, you know that
1: it's a it's a fresh thing for me. It's a nice change of pace for me, but I wouldn't trade anything that I do for devil state of mind for anything else. I've I truly enjoyed my time and it's only the beginning. I want this to be a long-term thing. I want to continue to build following, I want to continue to get on some great guests. You know, we have some guys that I'm gonna be trying to line up in the next couple of months to get on and uh you know, because I know people want to, they don't want to just hear me talk all the damn time. They're tired of hearing my voice. I think <clears> that people would like to hear somebody else's voice on the podcast um, talking about whatever there is to talk about it. And, and look, we'll talk about the playoffs. You know, I'll probably do a an episode where I'll give my predictions for whether whether it's the whole playoffs or we'll go round by round and just have fun with that. We'll, we'll do it depending on how I feel. But yeah, I mean, that's just... Uh, I'm I'm really, really lucky to be in the position that I'm in and I'm looking forward to continuing to, uh, have a lot of success with the devil state of mind podcast moving forward.
0: Very, very well said, man. I, I can't wait to see what the future has in store for you and your podcast, as well as everybody else in the, on the network too, because there are a bunch of great guys. I love listening to every single person on there. And also we should definitely get the slapshot shot sweethearts back on the show soon to talk some playoffs. We'll have to, we'll have to set something up with them, but, uh, We'll get to that when the time comes. But anyway, though, we're still in the Devils. We talked about Neil's podcast a little bit there. So now let's get into their season. We'll get into the Rangers because, again, I've got quite a bit to say, and I've been holding it in for a long time, and I'm finally going to get to say how I feel. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But the Devils finished their season, unfortunately, not how you want. Obviously, a 4-2 loss to the philadelphia flyers in philadelphia they finished the season in seventh in the mass mutual eastern division at 19 30 and seven forty-five points but listen i'm gonna give neil the floor in a little bit because again he knows way more about this team than i do for obvious reasons but from what i've seen from this team they are young yes i do get that But there's just been so much inconsistency with this team. It isn't even funny. Look, Mackenzie Blackwood, in my opinion, for the most part of the season, has been fine. Mackenzie Blackwood has been probably one of their biggest upsides for the entire season. His team just sucks, his team is just horrible. Look, Mm. has he given up a couple of soft goals? Yes, every goaltender gives up soft goals. There's no question about it. So I'm not defending Mackenzie Blackwood's game 100%. But can you help your goaltender? Neil, what have I always argued with Henrik Lundqvist? Help your goaltender. That's for any team. I've argued that with the Rangers. I've argued that with Mackenzie Blackwood for a majority of this season. Help out your goalie. And from what I have seen, this devil's defense did not help him one bit. They didn't help him one bit. And don't get me started with their lack of scoring. That's a whole other separate issue, which I'm sure was very, very frustrating. But, and also, their 10-game losing streak, I'm sure was very, very frustrating for a lot of Devils fans, including yourself. So I, my <laughs> sincere condolences on that. But, listen. at least it wasn't 18. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But, look, I guess the bottom line for me Is simply this with the Devils. They've got some questions. They've got some questions. And I think that they need during this offseason to bring in veterans. They need Mm. leadership on this team. Not to say that Nico Heashier can't be a leader because I think he can. But they need veterans on this team. Yeah, PK Subban is there. But you know what? How much longer is he going to stay there? I really don't know. Nobody really knows. I don't even know how much more he has left in the tank. Not to say PK Superman's a scrub. I still think I still think he can be a serviceable hockey player, but even still, I think the Devils need mm. to bring in a couple more key veterans, whoever might be available this offseason. I don't know who's going to be available at, off the top of my head, at least. But they need to bring in veteran leadership who can help mentor these young kids to be better at their positions. That's the bottom line with me. But Neil. I'm just going to give you the floor. I know you have quite a bit to say. This will be your prep work for Thursday's episode of Devil's State. So, with that being said, Neil, the floor is yours. How would you evaluate your New Jersey Devils season?
1: Well, you might as well give me the recording for this so I can just put it on for a devil state of mind and just (laughs) stop. I'll I'll be halfway done with my next episode. Um, There you go. Might make my work a lot easier. But there you go. No, when you, you know, let me take you back to the beginning of the year. I mean, I said it before that this season was going to be a season like no other. It was, you know, 56-game season. It's not a marathon. It's a sprint. And once we found out we were playing in the East Division and looking at the teams that we were playing, we all knew from the get-go that it was going to be a very, very difficult year because we were not going to be playing anybody else in the NHL this year. We were going to be playing only those teams in the East division. And we were going to, if we had any shot at making the playoffs, we were going to have to somehow fight and really compete and beat some of the, some of these teams and some of these teams in this division are going to be long-term contenders in this year's playoffs. I would be shocked if these guys weren't, you know, in there, you know, somebody's going to have to win from this division. Somebody's going to have to get through to the top four and compete for a chance to go to the final at least. Mm-hmm. But looking at the devils, there was just a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the year, because we didn't know what this team was going to look like. We didn't know who exactly we had a fair idea for the majority of the roster who was going to be playing, but there was obviously some spots in the bottom six and also in the defensive group as to what we were going to see. You know, we knew that guys like Ty Smith, were going to definitely get an opportunity to play and, um, We did not expect to have 10 plus rookies be playing this year. Some guys, you know, really just playing a lot of NHL minutes in their first year. I mean, it's not like they got a slow, you know, process to playing top minutes. They got thrown into the fire right away all season long. And, our first big blow, which was kind of probably vindicative of how the season was gonna go, was the fact that Corey Crawford, who the Devils had signed in the offseason to be that solid veteran backup for Mackenzie Blackwood, ended up retiring in the middle of training camp. Yep. Um
0: yeah, was that, I, unfair? I think that was due to I think that was due to like family reasons, right? He decided to retire. Mental well, it was a mental thing for him. I think Okay. I've
1: it, said man. it before. I think the I think the biggest thing is that he wasn't comfortable with the fact that the Blackhawks were so quick to dismiss him and and let him go and not try to keep him. I think he would have preferred to spend the rest of his career, however long that might be um, with the Blackhawks. And I know that a lot of Blackhawks players were not happy that the Blackhawks let him go, but the Devils gave him an opportunity to keep playing. And I think he just had a lot of anxiety about it. um, Especially in the COVID situation where it's not like he can freely go around and be with his family and things like that. And mind you, like, during that time, we still didn't really have a full definitive, you know, plan for how people would get the vaccine. So it was still very, very difficult. A lot has changed since then. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um. You know, nearly half of this country has got vaccinated at this point. We're, we're pretty close to, I think, 46 percent, I think, at this point. But
0: I think I think that that's besides
1: right. the point. It was difficult, you know, for 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 all of us. Because it was just kind of like, all right, well, our plans have completely changed. And we had Scott Wedgwood we had signed in the offseason as well to be the third string guy. A guy that we would probably only see a couple of times during the season, but ended up having to get a lot of minutes. We also brought in Aaron Dell off of waivers. And unfortunately, we had to still force Blackwood to play a lot of these games because we just didn't have legit backup goaltending behind him. And as a result, he regressed in some in some way or another. And that was frustrating. And that's, again, a sign of we're going to have to go back into the goalie market again this offseason and try to find a really good backup veteran goaltender because we do have a lot of talent in, in our farm system when it comes to goaltending, but they're not ready yet. They're like another maybe year, two, three years away from really giving themselves a chance to play you know, in the NHL and be ready to play in the national hockey league. So that's, the, so there's something, that's going to be something that really needs to be addressed. Um, you know, of course with all the other things that need to be addressed. But when you look at, you know, the way the season started, we got off to a really good start. Um, we were really surprising teams and it, we kind of all had this attitude of, yeah, like let's just go out and let's just win as many games as we can. We got nothing to lose. We have no expectations. Let's have fun with it. And then we reach mid February And we had the COVID outbreak. Uh, We were the first team during the season to have a COVID outbreak. We already knew that um, the Dallas Stars had a COVID outbreak before the season began. Um, The Devils had something along the lines of 26, 27 players on the COVID list or who had COVID, which is the most of any team, including Vancouver, who had a very scary COVID situation a couple weeks ago, um, dealing with the Brazilian variant of the virus. But Mm. the Devils obviously got hit the hardest when it comes to this. And we were off for 16 days, which was very difficult. Um, Because again, we we were getting to the point where we were starting to wonder, are we just going to have to forfeit the rest of the season? Because we were running out of time. We were running out of time and running out of opportunities for the NHL to schedule games, you know, in the later part of the season. And that's why the season just ended now. Well, you know, Vancouver still has eight or nine games to go and, Who knows how that's going to end up going down. But, I mean, they're not making the playoffs by any means. But they still would like to finish the rest of their games and and go from there. But when the Devils came back, Mm. although they had won two games right after they had come back, they just were never the same. And I think COVID had a lot to do with that. I think a lot of guys lost their energy. Uh, We know Jack Hughes gained a lot of muscle during the offseason, and I think he lost basically all of it due to the fact that he had COVID-19. And the team just never seemed – to recover from that. And also when you're playing the same teams over and over again, eventually they're going to figure you out and they're going to know what you're good at, what you're not good at, what they can exploit. And that's what we saw all season long. And then reality is this, we're just not a really good team right now. We have a lot of young players. We are the youngest team in the national hockey league by a pretty substantial margin. We also, you know, we, we are so young that we are younger than some college hockey teams, rosters, I mean, that, again, shows you how painfully young the Devils are. And, you know, we knew that we were going to have to make moves at the deadline to move some of our veteran guys. We moved Travis Ajak. We moved Palmieri. We moved Kulikov. We let go of, you know, Nikita Gusev and Sammy Botnan. So we knew that we were just going to be even younger for the rest of the year. And it was definitely difficult, especially when we had the 10-game losing streak, because I remember saying 100% that I did not believe that this team was capable of winning a hockey game. I honestly felt that we were going to lose our last eight games and we were going to finish with an 18 game losing streak. Like it got that bad. But when you look at the last eight games in particular, the team finished with a five and three record. That is tremendous. In my opinion, I think for them to win five of their last eight games win Mm. three in a row um, at one point, you know, winning the season series against the flyers, winning the season series against the Boston Bruins, you know, obviously it's Buffalo is Buffalo, but winning a season series against Buffalo Winning a season series against three of those teams, three of the teams in the division, and one of them being, you know, the third best team in the, East, in the East division is a positive sign for this team. And then you look at the other positivities and you look at guys that really stepped up this year. You, you know, you have guys like Yegor Sharangovich you know, fifth round pick out of Belarus was dominating in the KHL before the season began. He came into the NHL and did a phenomenal job. Yeah. That, you know, that, that kid goals looks like he's going to be a
0: stud for many years. I really love if watching. we
1: develop him correctly, he could be a dangerous player. You know, a guy who has a nose for the goal. We've, we've been lacking guys like that. And then you have a guy like Pavel Zaka who finishes tied for the team leading goals with 17. He has, he finished it with the team leading points, 35. This was his best season by far. Mm. And we're starting to, at least from a from a from one standpoint, it looks like we're starting to finally see Pavel Zaka come into his own in the NHL and really become the player that he was drafted to be. Um, and then you have other guys. Miles Wood had a career year again, time for the team leading goals, 17. I would have loved to have seen him get to, you know, 20, but didn't happen that way. Just for mm-hmm. Brett, even though he finished he started the year late because of a visa situation and also getting a new contract, he actually finished the season with the most Uh, assists on the team with 23. And then when you talk about more young guys, Yanni Koukinen stepped up, you had Ty Smith in his first year showcasing that he could be a great top four defenseman or franchise defenseman that we're looking for. And then you have Jack Hughes and Mm. everybody was interested to see what Jack Hughes could do this year. And right from the first puck drop, he was a much better player. And throughout the year, even when he wasn't scoring, he was by far the most talented player on the ice. And as long as we can get him help, as long as we can get him goal-scoring help, he will flourish. And he could be a guy that, in my opinion, could get to a 100-point season if he's put into the right position to succeed. And so I'm looking forward to his third year. I expect the Devils probably this offseason to talk to Jack Hughes about a contract extension because after because next year will be the final Year of his entry-level contract, and I'm sure the Devils, like they did with Nico Hischer, would like to get a deal done well before his ELC ends. And then talking about Nico Hischer, the thing with Nico is that he he just had no luck this year. I mean, it started with he got hurt while training before the season began. He started right. the year off late. He gets named the captain, which is phenomenal, and then five games in, he breaks his jaw and breaks his nose mm-hmm. and gets a concussion. And then he's out for 21 games or 24 games, however long it was. He finished playing just 21 of the 56 games this year. And he, you know, he did his best as he could. But again, just like Jack Hughes, he needs help. He needs support. The team needs to go out this offseason and do that. And I'm sure you want me to probably talk about offseason visions and all that stuff. And and we'll talk about that as well with the Rangers as well. Um, And then you look at, again, going back to Blackwood. We just need him. We just need to give him help. We can't have him play 50, well, in a normal NHL season, 50, 60 games. We need a goaltender that could take half of those games, you know, and get, and and, so we could have a 1A, 1B system like the Rangers have. The Rangers have a 1A, 1B system, which is Sterkin and Georgia. We need that. We need to get to that point. So I know that Fitzgerald is going to do a lot this offseason to go that. There's a guy like Elvis Merzlikens that's probably going to be available because we know that Columbus may not be able to keep both Mercy Lincolns and also Korpisala. So maybe that would be somebody that the Devils could look to try to, you know, trade for and try to get a really good, you know, not even veteran, but a very good young goaltender that can help be that one A or one B to Mackenzie Blackwood. And I think that that's what we're all hoping for. But last night, was such a – the way we lost was so poetic to how the season has gone. I mean, we have blown multiple goal leads for several years now. It's become so routine for us that we are going to blow a lead. So mm-hmm. it was 2 nothing. Nico Hesher misses a wide-open net on a two-on-one, and the Flyers come right back down the other way and score. And you knew by that point that the tide had turned. The Flyers ended up tying it, and you knew that they would eventually take the lead and win, and that's what happened. They won 4 to 2 in regulation. And it was a really disappointing way to end the season. We would have liked to have seen them win the last game of the year, finish winning six of their last eight, but I'm more relieved than anything else that the season is over. It's been such a crazy year. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot more lows than highs. Um, 56 games is just ridiculous. I think that the NHL should not have done this. I get it. You know, we all wanted to see hockey, but you know, we're, they're losing millions of dollars anyway. It's not like they're really gaining anything from this. And guess what? There's a fleck for the next couple of years, not just this offseason. So a lot of teams are really screwed going forward because of this pandemic. But, you know, I'm happy that I got to watch the Devils for 56 games. I'm happy I got to cover them. Uh, this is the most uh, invested I've been in the team my whole life, considering what I do for Devils State of Mind. Um it was a really, in some ways, it was a disappointing year. In some ways, it wasn't. Uh, I'm glad to see a lot of young guys performing well. And then when you look at the offseason and you ask yourself, okay, what are the things that we need to do? Well, first of all, we have to figure out who we're going to leave unprotected in the expansion draft for Seattle. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who the Seattle ends up taking. Um, it'll be interesting to see who we end up leaving unprotected in general. Um, you know, we'll go from there. Then we have the draft lottery and, you know, We are guaranteed to get probably, I think, a top... I mean, we're guaranteed a top 10 pick. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Are we guaranteed to get a top five? I don't think so. I mean, we could fall. I think we could fall four spots, which if we finish as the third or fourth team, we could probably finish at seven or eight. It is what it is. Um, I don't really care where we finish because I'm so tired of drafting in the top five, top 10, uh, especially knowing that we had two number one overall picks in four years. I would rather just... You know, whoever we get is whoever we get. The NHL draft this year is a crapshoot. We don't know who's going number one overall. And, you know, it'll be interesting. We also have another first-round pick from the Islanders, so i will be interesting to see what we do with that pick as well. Right. And then you have, obviously, you have the offseason. You have free agency. And there's going to be teams that are going to be in cap situations that are not going to be able to afford some of the players that they have. You know, there's guys that I've mentioned before, guys like Nick Foligno, Gabriel Landeskog. Um, you know, a guy like Peter Morazic, Freddie Anderson, if the, if the Toronto Maple Leafs do not want to keep him mm. um, after this year. There's guys out there that the Devils could spend money. I mean, and they do have the money. They have more than enough money. It's just a question of, does the ownership of this team want the team to spend money? That's number one. Number two, if they do want them to spend money, how much money are they going to be allowed to spend? Because remember, the Devils have to spend just $70 million to get to the cap floor. So they right. have to spend money no matter what. They have to. There's no choice. They have to. It's it's illegal for them to be under the cap floor. It's it's stupid to be under the cap floor. But that again, because we have so many guys playing on entry level contracts and they're rookies and all that stuff, we're not spending any money. I mean, we're really not. PK Subban is the guy who's making the most money at nine million dollars per year for the right. for this season and also for next year. Um, and if we let if PK subin gets picked up by by Seattle. Then we're like $24 million under the cap floor. So we're even more. So maybe the Devils don't end up leaving uh, uh, P.K. Subban uh, unprotected. Maybe they actually protect them for financial reasons. But regardless, the next thing is simply this. What type of players do we need to get right now? Because I get it. You don't want to get too many veterans or too many guys in free agency or trades that's going to stunt the growth of the of the young kids. But at the same time, you need top six help. Andreas Janssen, we tried it with him. He just hasn't fit in with this team. And I think he's a byproduct of playing with, you know, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, those guys when he was playing in Toronto. Mm. I, I hate to be critical that way, but that's just what I've gotten from what I've seen this year with him.
0: No, um, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair.
1: But the Devils need help in all areas. They need to improve their defense. They need to improve goaltending. They need to get more scoring. Um, and I would like to see the Devils be aggressive this offseason. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, because ownership has shown in the past that they do not want to spend money. But I could be wrong. They may just have to get to the point where they have no choice but to spend money. Um, you know, so we'll see. But I want to be really hopeful. I want to be optimistic for Devils fans. I'm trying to be as honest as I can be about what the expectation should be. That we may not go out and get a top free agent. Um, if we're going to get, if we're going to add players, we probably could add somebody in the free agency on a lower deal, a lower tier player. But if we're going to get some top tier talent, I think it's going to have to either come from our farm system, which is, which is not great because again. It's not proven NHL talent. We have to hope that they can come in in their first year, or whatever you know. A guy like Alexander Holtz or Dawson Mercer, mm. and light up the and light up the NHL. I mean, that's right. what we got to hope for. But we're going to probably make some trades as well because we're gonna we're going to probably be one of the teams that's going to try to help other teams get out of cap situations. And as a result, we're going to end up taking an opportunity to acquire some good talent. Um, but we'll see. Tom Fitzgerald, this is his first. You could call it this will be his first legit NHL offseason. Um, he's had a year now to evaluate the team and, and watch this team, and now he's got to continue it. And, and he want, we have to let him build the team in his image. Um, and as far as the coaching staff goes, Lindy Ruff, I mean, I would keep him. Uh, again, I think he's a stopgap for another coach down the road when this team gets more competitive. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when you look at all the adversity that that Lindy Ruff had to face this year with everything, I think he did as decent of a job as he possibly could with the team. I do think that there needs to be some shakeup in the coaching staff in general. Um, I know that Patrick Waugh is interested in coming back coaching wise. I don't know if a head coach, probably a head coach considering that that's what he was when he was with Colorado, but I brought this up on another podcast. I'll bring it up here. And again, I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, probably on one of the episodes of Devil's State of Mind. But I said, you know what? If he's interested in coming to be an assistant coach, if I were the Devils, I would honestly bring him in. I would, as especially as a goalie coach, especially as a goalie coach slash assistant coach. Because you're talking about, you You could be in a situation if you're Blackwood or whatever goaltender where Martin Brodeur, greatest goaltender to ever play the position, is, is working in the hockey operations and also in the goaltending department that the Devils right. have. And then your goalie coach is Patrick. Walt, well, arguably the second or third greatest goaltender to ever play the position. So you have, you have guys who know what it takes to be great. And I think that would be, I think that would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. I doubt it. I doubt it. I think he'll more likely want to take a head coaching position, but if he is interested in being an assistant coach, I think the devil should give it a shot. I really do. Cause I think you, you want to bring an experience. You got to also bring experience to the coaching staff and, Elaine Nassardine, he's just not it. He's part of the John Hines coaching system, no, and he, I don't want him gotta here go. anymore. He's got to go. Um, and I'm not happy that John Hines made the playoffs, by the way, but I you know, oh, it, is what it is what it is. They're going to get bounced in the first round anyway. I, by Carolina, I was just so about to
0: say that. Yeah, I don't well, I don't. It. It. They're, they're going to have an early exit.
1: At least I hope they do. But, <laughs> um, you know, Mark Recchi. you know, I guess I'd give him another year, but the power play was so bad. It many times it improved as the year went along, but it needs work. Mm-hmm. But all in all, Jimmy, to kind of say, you know, kind of wrap this whole thing up, this is a difficult year, a season like no other, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, more downs. Like I mentioned before, I'm disappointed that the season is over. I'm disappointed that it's now been three years since we last made the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, we've made the playoffs once since we lost in the cup final back in 2012 i know that's not as bad as you know what buffalo is dealing with right now you know Mm. being it over a decade since they made the playoffs but when you've constantly been finishing towards the bottom of the nhl and you're constantly just in many ways underperforming in some way or another and you know that the ownership is not really doing everything it possibly can right because of whatever reason it's very disappointing And I've said it before, the interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. If the owners decide that they want to spend money, you will see the devil spend money. If they don't, then we know who to blame. We can't blame it on Fitzgerald. You got to blame on the higher ups. And that's the way we got to look at it. But the devils need to improve the team in all aspects. You cannot go into next season by only acquiring one, you know, veteran low tier defenseman and going in next season and saying, oh, we're going to have we're going to have all these young guys for their second year. You're not helping other guys on the team who have been here for a while. Jack Hughes, Nico Gishier, Brett guys like that. You're not helping them by just having them play for several years, waiting around for these young guys to get going to play to their full potential. So I think the devils need to be somewhat aggressive this off season. Um, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that they will be aggressive. Um, and we'll see how much different this team is going into next year. But we got a long time between now and uh, mid to late September when training camp opens, but hmm. that's how the season has gone. It was a disappointing one, but thank goodness, as a relief, that this whole crazy year is finally over.
0: <laughs> well, again, that's why I let you have the floor because you know way more about this team than me. So that was uh, that was a lot better than I would have put it because I I I'm with you. They definitely they definitely need some help. Everywhere. Um, and I agree with you. Elaine um, Nazardeen definitely needs to go. He's not the right fit. He's not the right fit as head coach, nor should he have any business being a head coach. Um, considering well, I think the he fact did. who he worked on. I think he did
1: fine as a head coach when he was the interim head coach after John Hines got fired. I thought he did a pretty, pretty good job. I mean, the devils were playing well, and I pointed this out before had we won just one more game last season, we would have made the 2014 playoff, we would have been in the bubble because of point because of point percentage. We would have taken over – we would have taken over – we would have replaced the Montreal Canadiens uh, as that last spot. Yes, so, yes. I mean, it's – you know, it was a good way, and I was okay with bringing him back, you know, mm-hmm. but he's done such a bad job, and the pow- penalty kill has been so atrocious, you know, worse than the NHL, and the worst statistically since, like, the 88-89 Buffalo Sabres – Mm. there's no excuse to keep him when he just did that bad of a job. You need to bring in somebody who knows what they're doing and knows how to get the best out of these guys. Cause I just, he was the only guy that was allowed to remain from the John Hines era. And I think it's time to completely clean house with that and move on to somebody else. And I think I would like to think that they, they try to make some changes in the coaching staff as well.
0: No, no, you're, you're right. You make a fair point And I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, but that's the devils. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's get into the Rangers, shall we? because I've been I've been holding this in for a while. I know I've posted sporadic videos here and there on Twitter and also Instagram as well. and you can go check them out for yourself at bottomlineWMCX. But dear God, Almighty, where do I even begin with this team? Well, first of all, Let me try and sum up the New York Rangers season with my own little list here that I compiled here. And (laughs) these these are just a few thoughts here. I'm not going to get into every single one, but these these are just a few select highlights from this New York Rangers season. First of all, they started off horribly, just about as slow as you can imagine. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Mika Zibanejad looks like a shell of himself because he's recovering from COVID. So he clearly looks like he's not the same player. But then all of a sudden, he finishes with 24 goals, 26 assists. So he looked like the Mika Zibaneja that we were accustomed to seeing toward the middle to the, the end of the season. So that's a plus there. So you have that. You also had Artemi Panarin taking a leave of absence because of something stupid. I'm not going to get into that whole situation because this is not a political podcast. But you had that situation with Panarin. You also had Mr. Deactivated. Tony D'Angelo getting put on waivers, also having a fake burner account, also not going to get into that whole situation there.
1: Did I hear, by the way, that apparently like the Rangers or Chris jury is going to bring back Tony D'Angelo. I think I heard, I think I heard something that he might actually bring him back.
0: I'll get into that in a little bit. And that's exactly where I was going to go because I
1: I, I I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to uh,
0: jump, jump the gun there a little bit. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. But, you have what recently happened with – oh, boy. What way are we going here? I'm going to try my best not to freak out. Do it. No,
1: no, 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 no. You need to let it out. You need to let this out. You cannot just – you cannot just not let it out. I'm also getting a background for the Rangers, so stay tuned.
0: But – so last week, the Rangers shocked the hockey world by
1: deciding to fire
0: John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. That stunned me. Stunned me. Because what could they have possibly done to warrant yes. them being fired? Now I keep I kept hearing mixed reports that oh it was because of the um the, the statement they put they put out because of what happened with the Tom Wilson situation. And by the way, if you didn't see my rant about that whole situation, go check it out. The video will be at the end of this video and also put it in the description section. But
1: Jimmy called him some very bad names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty much. And he deserves it rightfully so. But I'm not going to get into another rant. Did he
1: get hurt, by the
0: way? did he get yes, hurt? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Like the very yeah. next game or whatever. Look. I don't wish injury upon anybody. I don't disgust
1: me. If, if me. you're not
0: watching on YouTube, Neil has a ranger background, which is a rarity for him, but I'm not gonna get into that. But
1: listen- it's funny, like I'm the one that has the background, and you're not. You have just like a regular NHL. You gotta get more <laughs> I, creative with Yeah, I, I, I got Jimmy. I got my liberty Jimmy. shirt on. You need to get more creative with your backgrounds, you gotta uh. let the people. Gotta leave give me. some gotta give people something to look at ex- instead of your, your good looking face there.
0: Yeah, leave me and my life alone. And thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> I just gave <laughs> you a compliment. <laughs> I
1: just gave you a compliment. Will you take it?
0: Or at least that Jesus. made me feel a little bit better. Thank you. But we anyway, NHL news? So look.
1: What the hell is going on here?
0: That's What's strange. going on here?
1: Yeah, this, uh, what I'm saying, Frank Saravalli from uh, TSN just reported another player joining Team USA at the IIHF World Championships. This, this has nothing to do with the Rangers uh, in the okay. hope of resuming his NHL career is former Detroit Red Wing and Michigan State alum Justin Abdelkader. After oh. a late buyout from the Red Wings, Abdelkader eventually joined and helped Zug to the Swiss NLA Championship with six goals and three assists in 13 playoff games. You know what? Hmm. Good for him. Nah. I mean, he's, he's like, what, he's like 36? Nah, I, I, I don't think that, I mean, he could probably, I mean, look, he's going to get first dibs to play on the on the U.S. World Championship team because there's still a lot of players, American players are going to be playing in the playoffs. Um, by the way, the World Championships start, I think in two weeks or a week from now. Actually, I think it's a week. I think, I think two weeks, yeah. I think it's the 21st. They're, they're playing in... um in latvia this year right. so that'll be fun um if anybody's got an illegal stream that i can use uh, that would be greatly
0: appreciated because
1: <laughs> i don't have nhl network jimmy you got nhl network
0: i do yes
1: okay can i come to your house and watch please feel free right, stick, stick. We'll, we'll have we'll have world championship uh we'll do a live stream watching a world championship game
0: you can do the <laughs> gold medal game
1: You do the gold medal game as a live stream
0: oh goodness that that that'll be a joy but anyway
1: by the way, everybody like my Nets shirt. By the way, just random. I know I'm going way off topic today, but you know I got this random. I got the. It's fine. The Nets, it's
0: fine. The Nets
1: and Budweiser gave me this shirt. By the way.
0: Oh wow! So, okay. You know, it's pretty if, cool. if if you're if you're not watching on YouTube, then you don't know what shirt Neil's yeah. wearing. Where but, Brooklyn? Anyway, um, so where was I? Oh yeah, the uh, the whole Rangers <laughs> situation. So, I left off with saying that they. Were they shocked everybody by firing John Davidson and Jeff Gordon? And I kept hearing mixed reports that oh, it was because of the statement that they put out with uh, the Tom Wilson situation. Given the fact that they apparently um, were scurrying away from the statement or something like that, I I don't know. It's all BS to me. But then I found out that you know it's James Dolan getting it, getting his nose in somewhere where it shouldn't belong again, but this time with the Rangers which is a rarity for him because he never, ever, ever gets in the way of anything with the Rangers. It's only the (laughs) Knicks. How many times have we talked about it, Neil? James Dolan only gets his nose where it doesn't belong with the Knicks because he's more of a basketball fan. I get that, but still, with the Rangers, he lets people do their job. But for some unknown reason, he decides to get in the way of this and fire the GM and the president. Does this make any sense to anybody? doesn't make sense to me. I'm trying to comprehend it still, but anyway. So that happens. And then you have them naming Chris Drury, former captain of the New York Rangers, I should add, both the president and the GM of the Rangers. Now, look, I hope he succeeds. I do. But in my opinion, he's got big shoes to fill. I mean, John Davidson, we, we all know him from his playing days and his, his broadcasting days with Sam Rosen. I mean, he's a big-time name with the Ranger organization. And he's, he did a great job with with the Columbus Blue Jackets in his tenure there. He really turned that organization around. And by the way, um, I heard Torts is not returning there. So all the best to him. Who knows where John Tortorella will go next? But that's a whole other <laughs> conversation for another day. I can take but, a wild guess. Yeah. It's take like a while, I guess. Uh, we'll get into that in a little while. But anyway, so look, all of this happens. I, I, I just sit here scratching my head, and I'm just like, what could have possibly gone wrong behind the scenes that would have triggered these moves? I don't know. I can't get inside these people's heads. But in my personal opinion, this makes no sense to me. It doesn't. Apparently, from what I heard, James Dolan apparently didn't like the way the team was rebuilding. Are you stupid or are you dumb? Both. I, I, Both. This team? Look, I get it. This team, I said it from the beginning of the year that this wasn't mm-hmm. a playoff team, and I wish more people would listen to me. Because after Dude. those two games with the Islanders, that pretty much solidified that they weren't going to make the playoffs. The Islanders were a far more superior team, and I knew right from there they weren't going to do anything. So people need to start listening to me more. I said at the beginning of the year, the Rangers were not a playoff team, and look where the, and look what they did. They are not a playoff team. Although the upside is they finished a lot better than I think people thought. Some people hmm. were thinking we're predicting them to finish last in the division. Well, that's the Sabres. The Rangers finished fifth in the East. 27 23 and 6 with 60 points, so definitely a lot better than people expect. They finished over 500, which is a great thing to see, but even still, they were not a playoff team this year. I said it, I digress. But listen, with pretty much everything that's gone wrong with the Rangers, and I'll, I'll dive into more of the Tom Wilson stuff in a little bit, because I still think that stuff was absolutely egregious. There were definitely a lot of positives to look at with this Rangers team. I mean, like I said, I mentioned Mika Zabinajad before, looking like a shell of himself at the beginning of the year because he had COVID to now finishing the year with 24 goals, 26 assists for 50 points. And by the way, scoring his 200th career goal against the Bruins in the last game of the regular season in a 5-4 win in Boston. So that's another positive finishing the year on a tremendous high note. So good job for them. You also have Artemi Panarin after coming back from his leave of absence, finishing the year with 17 goals and 41 assists for 58 points. So Artemi Panarin just continues to be one of the best free agent signings the Rangers ever had. Ryan Strong had actually a pretty decent year. 14, 14 goals, 35 assists Forty-nine points. Pavel Buchnevich, twenty goals, twenty-eight assists for forty-eight points. Chris Kreider finishes with twenty goals, ten assists for thirty points. Colin Blackwell, who absolutely came out of freaking nowhere, finishes with twelve goals, ten assists for twenty-two points. I love watching Colin Blackwell play. I really hope he sticks around long term. Oh, and I also heard that they just extended. Uh, Defenseman Ryan Lindgren, a three-year contract worth $9 million, which good for him because him and Adam Fox were two of their best defensemen all season long, so they needed to absolutely get that done. Ryan Lindgren finished with one goal, but 15 assists for 16 points. So Lindgren continues to have his impact defensively. Capo Kako and Alexei Lafreniere. These two kids... I feel like they're going to be studs for many, many years. Lafreniere finished with 12 goals, 9 assists, 21 points. I love watching this kid. I really, really do. Neil, you know it. I wasn't a huge fan of them getting the number one overall pick in the first place. But after watching Lafreniere play, whew, I love this kid, man. I love, love this kid. He's He's been proving me wrong, and I'm glad he is. I love, love him. And look. Kapo Kako, yeah, he's he's looked disappointing for a majority of the year, but he finished with nine goals, eight assists for 17 points. I still want to give Capo time. Same with Lafreniere. Just, they're, they're, they're young kids. It's going to take time for them to, to be developed the right way. So be patient with them. Capo Kako and Lafreniere are going to be fine. Okay? And then you have their goal t- goaltending tandem. Igor Shesterkin. Their goaltending tandem started off poorly. There was a point early on in the Rangers season where they were questioning who their number one goaltender was going to be between Shesterkin, Georgiev. It, it, they kept flip-flopping back and forth each game. So you questioned that. Did Igor Shesterkin look amazing this year? No, he didn't. But he looked solid. Solid, in my opinion. He was solid. He finished the year with a 16-14 and record 16, 14, and 3, a goals against average of 2.62 and a safe percentage of 0.916. So pretty solid in my opinion. And also exactly 1,900 minutes played. So you have that. Then you have Alexander Georgiev, who also I think is going to be a fine backup for the Rangers. 8, 7, and 2, a goals against average of 2.71 and a safe percentage of 0.905. Also pretty solid, in my opinion, to finish the year. But then they bring in Keith Kincaid, former Devil, by the way, who I questioned. I don't know why they brought him in in the first place. But the few games he played, he actually looked pretty damn good. Like, I I, I was sitting a thinking to myself, okay, where was this Keith Kincaid with the New Jersey Devils? But I digress there. We're not on the Devils right now. But... Bottom line, Keith Kincaid, to me, surprised me this year. He surprised me. I know I only he only, I only, only played six games, but in those six games, in my opinion, he surprised me. He actually looked pretty damn solid. So, look, a lot of positives to look at with the Rangers. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this team goes. I really hope they keep the team that they have because, in my opinion, they really don't need to do much this offseason. Yeah, they just extended Ryan Lindgren, which they needed to do. But – they really don't need to do much. They don't. But I will say this with Chris Drury now being the president and GM of the Rangers, I wonder what's going to happen with David Quinn. I really do wonder that because I know a lot of Ranger fans were calling for his job, especially this season. But I think, I still think that's unfair. The players still have to do their job. I think David Quinn, despite what you want to say about him, has actually done a terrific job with this team. So, I really, really hope David Quinn sticks around, but if not, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe for some reason they bring Torts back. I have no idea what could happen. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but I digress there. I really hope David Quinn sticks around, though, but we'll see what happens there. Well, let me just finish by saying this. I did a whole episode on it, like I said, but the whole Tom Wilson thing still really, really irks me to no end. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Tom Wilson is a dirty player and he clearly shows that he has no respect for anybody in the game. And for that reason, I will say it again. He needs to be kicked out of the NHL for good because you cannot keep giving guys like this chances like this. You can't. How many times has Tom Wilson either been fined or suspended for Cheap shots, dirty hits, cross-checks to the face, et cetera, the whole deal. How many times has that happened? Way too much. <sighs> I'm not going to get into it again because you already know my thoughts. Neil talked about it on his podcast as well. I think Tom Wilson needs to be kicked out for good. That's just me. Yeah. But the thing that really boggles my mind is that Pavel Bucinevich gets a hearing and a one-game suspension for cross-checking Anthony Mantha in the face. And again, I'm not defending what Bucinevich did. You should never cross-check anybody in the face. That's not okay. You don't do that. And you learn from that. I get it. So that behavior is not okay. But how does Bucinevich get a hearing and a one-game suspension and Tom Wilson gets fined $5,000? I mean, you can't just you can't make this up. You can't. You can't make this up. But look, the bottom line with the New York Rangers season is that it did have a lot more ups than downs, which I'm very, very thankful for. And I really, really hope this continues to trend in the right direction. But this latest story with John Davidson and Jeff Gordon being gone really just makes me scratch my head because I really think they've done a terrific job with trying to develop this young team to try and go to at least be a playoff contender next season. I think they've done a terrific job. They sent out a letter a few years ago telling them to be patient with them. Did people forget that? I think they must have. But
1: anyway.
0: Yeah, whatever. But look, the bottom line with me is that I'm still still shook by this whole story. But at the end of the day, the Rangers, to me, I feel are going in the right direction. I think so. And I really, really hope the trend continues to go upward. That's me, Neil.
1: So, obviously, you know, will any of this sound biased? Maybe. Because, again, I am a Devils fan. So, if I sound, you know, biased, I apologize up front.
0: It's all right.
1: I was just going to make my own, my own statements about what's gone on with the Rangers. Um, look, no, look. For anybody that thought the Rangers were going to make the playoffs when the season began, they were kidding themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I got why people were excited about the Rangers, if you were a fan of them, after they had beaten the Devils four straight games. Because not only had they won, they looked really good doing it. Yep. But you have to do, take into consideration that the Devils were massively depleted, youngest team, inexperienced, not very good, so you were beating on a bad team. But even after winning those four games in a row, you still were six points out of a playoff spot because Boston had started getting hot at the worst possible time if you're a Rangers fan. So through all of that, they still didn't make the playoffs. The reality is that a lot of Rangers fans are also Knicks fans Mm -hmm. and they coincide with each other.
0: Well, with, with, with the with the exception of me, because I'm not a big basketball fan. Well, you're not I a basketball
1: sense. fan in general. You're not a yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But we exactly. know somebody who is a Knicks fan. Yes. So I mean it's it's the same mentality. It's the same mentality of when the team starts getting good, the overreaction begins. Oh, we're we're so great. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And I'm not saying every Rangers or Knicks fan is like that. I'm saying that there are a lot of them because of that's just how it is. I blame the Knicks for why this happened to the Rangers. And, and let me explain why. The Knicks became really good this year. I mean, they are mm. phenomenal. Fourth oh, yeah. place in the Eastern Conference. Not only are they going to make the playoffs, they're probably not even going to have to play in the play-in round.
0: Mm. I mean, they're going to get a bye. And, the, and the they might round. host the home playoff series.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And they certainly can make some noise and win a couple games. Oh, yeah. And this whole thing about, like, you know, ESPN saying yesterday, oh, if the Knicks don't even win a playoff game, is it a season of failure? No, the season's already a win for oh, all yeah. 100%. Knicks fans. Because everybody expected the Knicks to win something like 25 games. twenty, 20, 20 games,
0: 22.
1: 22 games. And what have they done? They've done, they're, they're the most improved team They're close team to 40 the wins. They're the most improved team in the National Basketball Association. By far. James Dolan, as we all know has constantly got him, got his head in his ass when it comes to working with the Knicks. He does a lot of really stupid stuff. He makes a lot of dumb hires. But recently, he has made a lot of good decisions with the Knicks. He, he has done a really good job of just letting people do what they need to do. And that's great. So in his mind, he looks at it and says, well, the Knicks are really good, but why aren't the Rangers really good? Why are they like in his mind? He probably thinks that the Rangers should be in the same situation as the Knicks.
0: Uh,
1: it's much harder and it takes longer to rebuild a hockey team than it does to rebuild a basketball thank team. Thank you. Because a basketball team could take two years and boom, they're all of a sudden a championship contender, especially if you add a couple stars. I'm not yep. saying the Knicks have stars, but you kind of get what I'm saying here. Right. They, gotten some good draft picks and they've got some good veterans and it's all worked out and they're winning games. Yep. It takes a lot harder in hockey and look at the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, they've been in a constant spin for the last 10 years. Mm. Look at some other teams. Look at, look at Tampa Bay. Look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay took a couple of years to get good before they've been, you know, relatively dominant over the last five, six years. Yep. I can understand in a way, if you're the owner of a team, when you're frustrated that the team is not making the playoffs and not and not winning, right? I get that. But this year was, I think, more positive for Rangers fans than even last year. And last year they made the I bubble.
0: agree, 100%.
1: They, they have a lot of young talent. A guy like Adam Fox, who they got for basically nothing oh, from the Carolina oh, Hurricanes. B- by the way,
0: that's another thing I forgot to mention. If Adam Fox is not even considered for the Norris Trophy, I don't know what people are watching because what this guy did, 42 assists, a blocking shot machine, yes. an assist way to have this kid is an old school type player. The Rangers need more people like that on their team. How would he not be considered for the Norris Trophy this year? It's mind boggling to me if he's not.
1: Well, I think he certainly will be considered It's as far as will he win it. It might, he may. I mean, Victor Hedman has had a really good year, but yes, they may true. look at Adam Fox and say, you know, he was arguably the best defenseman in the NHL. I mean, you, he, he was phenomenal. I think he was the Rangers' best player all year long, from start I to agree. finish. I think he was the best player on the Rangers,
0: hundred um, percent.
1: But you look at, like I said, you got Adam Fox for nothing. You you got Mikita advantage at several years ago for nothing. Mm. You've drafted and developed guys like Yorkiev and Shesterkin to become really good goaltenders. You have another young, huge defenseman in Keandre Miller. I mean, oh. you develop him correctly. He's a beast. And then you have some really good forwards. Um, why they brought in Kevin Rooney, I will still never understand because Kevin Rooney is not that good. <laughs> no, um not. But, you know, I'm sure the Rangers will keep him. Maybe they'll leave him unprotected in the expansion draft. I don't know. But – You have other guys like Pavel Buchnevich. And then last offseason, well, two offseasons ago, if everybody remembers, the Rangers spent a crap load of money and brought in a star and brought in Artemi Panera. Yep. And last year, look, nobody in the bottom – nobody other than the top 16 teams in the league should have made the playoffs last year. It was a 2014 playoff. It was stupid. Okay, It was dumb. And it proved. You know, a lot of the teams that got knocked out were teams that – just squeaked in or just got into the 2014 playoff. The normal year, they wouldn't make the playoffs. Yep. So there's that. Then the Rangers, by the stroke of luck, because there's nothing wrong with luck, got the number one overall pick after getting the number two overall pick the year before and getting Capo Caco. And now they got Alexis Lafreniere. And Lafreniere took a long time to get himself going. But that's okay, because guess what? The Devils have the same situation with Jack Hughes it's he's just a late bloomer that's just what it is give him time you know what is 19 i mean Mm. you know capo caco was 20 yep i mean you know so let's look at it that way so you know it's 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 stupid that you know that it, it happened this way and so when it like i remember i was taking a nap or i was about to take a nap when I saw something from I think Puck Empire on Instagram that said something like, "Oh, the Rangers had fired somebody." I was like, "Oh, maybe they fired David Quinn." Like that was I didn't think much of it. Didn't mm. think much of it because again, I'm not a Rangers fan. I don't really care.
0: <laughs> right. I
1: woke up thirty minutes later, and my friend Steve texted me and he said, "Dolan just did a Nick thing to the Rangers," and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What the hell did he do?" Looked it. Up, I looked up and found out the information. I got as much as I could and. It's wild. It's really wild um, that not only did they fire the president, they fired the general manager. Mm. And it's just like, okay, now look, Jeff Gordon. Two years ago, people were calling for his job. Yep. Let's just not. Let's just call it like it is. Two, three years ago, people were calling for his job. So, you know, if, if Rangers fans are upset about this, you do have to remember that a lot of you guys wanted him fired several years ago. John Davidson was in just his second year as the president of the New York Rangers after doing a long stint with the Columbus blue jackets. And he was doing a very good job. The two of them combined were doing a great job, a team that's on the rise, a team that has one of the strongest, you know, farm systems in the NHL, a team that can really compete for playoffs and eventually Stanley cup within the very near future. They have a lot going for them. Oh yeah. And James Dolan just pulled the plug on both of them. And, I don't know if he's going to bring in another president. He, he keeps Chris Jury. Now let's talk about Chris Jury. Chris Jury was actually requested to be interviewed for several general manager spots last year, including the New Jersey Devils. They even called mm. the Rangers specifically and asked them to speak with Chris Jury. Yep. And whether it was the Rangers saying no or Chris Drury did not, or saying that he didn't want to do it, it seems like to me Drury's main goal at the end of the day was to eventually become the general manager of the New York Rangers. Now, I'm not trying to put any conspiracy theories out there. I'm not trying to really freak people out. But I wonder, I wonder if James Dolan had made a plan to remove at least least Jeff Gordon by the end of the season and Mm. implement Chris Jury as the general manager of this team.
0: Makes you wonder, doesn't it?
1: It does make you wonder. And another report that we were hearing was that um, James Dolan told John Davidson to fire Jeff Gordon, and Mm. Davidson said no. And basically Dolan said, all right, well, then you're fired too. And they both got fired, and that was the end of it. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if they're going to bring in a president. I heard when it comes to candidates that Mark Messier is the top Mm a uh, guy and that's such a classic Dolan thing because did he not remember what he did when he brought in Phil Jackson as the exactly. president of the New York Knicks how that went down Yeah, a guy
0: with no experience looked horrible
1: yeah look so and I, get it. I, I worry know,
0: about that if they decide to bring in Messi I worry about that I, very much.
1: I think everybody should be worried I just you know it, it's a it's a it's it's something that you have to think about but and then you heard the reasons why. Well, some of the, the supposed reason is that James Dolan felt the team underperformed. I don't know what his expectations Under-perform were. Underperformed from what aspect? They well, weren't that's what expected to make the playoffs. Well, in his mind, maybe he thought they were going to make the playoffs. Who knows? And then the other thing was the whole Tom Wilson situation. And again, this is why it's brought up over and over again, because if everybody remembers, the Rangers put out a statement the night after that ha- the situation happened with Tom Wilson, basically telling the NHL to fire George Parros, the head of the NHL Players' yep. Safety, and just calling out the NHL. And as a result, uh, the Rangers got fined. What was it? Five hundred thousand dollars? Two
0: hundred fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred
1: fifty thousand dollars. Like it really means anything to a to one of the most um, wealthy franchises in the NHL. True,
0: but even, it's even whatever. Still, it's a joke.
1: From the reports that I got, it sounds like to me, it was one of two things, either John Davidson and Jeff Gordon were not on board with putting out a statement about the Tom Wilson situation and wanted to distance distance themselves from it. And as a result, James Dolan got upset about that and fired them or Mm -hmm. John Davidson and Jeff Gordon were involved in that, understandably so. And I give them any knock for doing it right and james Dolan was upset that he was going to end up getting fined and so he tried to find a scapegoat and as a result he went to the gm and the president and fired them both and saying oh see it was their fault that this stuff Mm -hmm. happened and that's what it was um whatever the reality actually is this is a classic James Dolan thing. The only difference is it's the Rangers. It's not the Knicks. It's a really yep. weird situation that the, that James Dolan. And we know when James Dolan gets involved in the, the team itself, it doesn't usually end up working out. As a matter of fact, it never works out. Yep. So, And the thing that's really mind-boggling is that somehow the president and general manager get fired, but the coach outlasted them both? Mm. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Another question – why is this happening now you had like two three games left when this when this happened why didn't you just wait a week like today and fire them then and thank then we'd you. be and then and then and then you could go okay i can kind of see it now
0: thank you i
1: could kind of see it and then it wouldn't be that would it be a sh- surprise yes it w- but it wouldn't be
0: as big of a story
1: as it is now no it wouldn't be but James Dolan always wants to be on the front and back page of every New York newspaper in the city. So he does stuff like this and that's what happens. So at the end of the day with the Rangers, it's just, it is scary situation. You went from being in a place where there's a lot of optimism and trust me, there still is with the talent that they have and everything Right. to now there's a lot of uncertainty with what's going on. Like we don't, I mean, did Chris Jury, is he officially the new general manager or is he just the interim general manager right now?
0: He's both the GM and president. I mean... Which is why I said he's got... And again,
1: guys, we have the draft lottery. We have the expansion draft. We have the draft. We have free agency. They have to do this hiring very soon. They cannot wait around for a couple months. So... And you have to give them time to plan out what they want to do. And I don't know if Chris Jury's is going to be involved in whoever they hire as president. I don't know. Um, Chris Jury, I know this is something he's been waiting for. And, you know, maybe, maybe he had nothing to do with whatever happened and maybe this is just an opportunity and good for him. He gets the opportunity to, to have his dream job right? to be the general manager of the New York Rangers. Right. But Something seems really suspicious about all of this. Mm. And I'm not saying we're going to end up finding out down the road, but it, it is kind of weird and kind of crazy how quickly it became and how much, you know, Chris Jerry really wanted to be the GM of the Rangers. It's like, Hmm, makes you wonder, but
0: yeah, really
1: we'll see. We'll see what happens during the offseason. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> interesting is an understatement, my friend, but listen, I'm still really optimistic about this team going forward. I am, but you are right. Something else is not right here. And I'm curious as to know what is going on behind closed doors, because all this stuff that happened at the end of the year really, really makes you think, but for them to get a win to finish out the year, I'm sure means a lot to that organization right now, considering the fact all that they went through all season long. So, Good for them. I'm optimistic. But at the same time, something ain't right here in New York City. And will we find out? I have no idea. We shall see. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. I know it was a bit of a lengthy episode. We apologize, but both of us had a lot to get off our chests about our teams. What are your thoughts on the Devils and Rangers seasons? Let us know on Twitter and Instagram at and on Twitter. At the NVP show and on Instagram at NVPQB11 hashtag bottom line. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, drop a like and a comment down below, it helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast for Newville Piano. I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the bottom line podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.